are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? Well, you know, I was seconds away from sneezing there, I thought, for a moment. <laughs> I was, this is going to be an unmitigated podcast opening disaster. Yeah, it, no. it seems to have passed. All I'm right, doing good. fine. Thank you for asking. You let me know if it comes up again. I'll hit the mute button as <laughs> indeed, quickly as possible. Indeed. And how are you? I'm doing great. Nice. Uh, for those who don't know, um, we were a little unsure this podcast was going to happen. Um, we ended up rescheduling a few times originally, and then we Nova Scotia got hit by a hurricane over the weekend. So we're just glad the office has power and internet. So because otherwise, this was not going to come off. Indeed, special hurricane edition. Yes, the post Fiona cleanup. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to our guest. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we've. Um... One of the, I guess, the ongoing, I would say, debates in the world of sales and marketing, particularly in the uh, manufacturing industrial space, uh, through the pandemic has been how much are we losing by not being face-to-face? How much does, is face-to-face required? Um, uh, you know, certainly it was a sector that operated largely in person pre-pandemic. Uh, so I'm kind of interested to catch up with today's guest and do so post IMTS, which is like mm-hmm. one of the biggest face-to-face shows on the you know on the, on the calendar yeah. uh, for, for 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 the category and um and just kind of see kind of, what are we thinking about that now? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think too. I mean, this also ties in deeply with the notion that we keep talking about of you know, the importance of customer service as a tenant and, and an arm of your marketing and sales mm. apparatus, you know, mm. in terms of keeping things, uh, keeping things flowing. And I think this plays into that too. And I want to get into those topics as well. All right, let's do it. So joining us today is CJ Bray. CJ is the director of sales and marketing at PF Markey. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, CJ. Uh, thank you both. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Actually to speak with both of you. I think those are some interesting topics we're going to approach this morning. So thank you. Good to be here. It's awesome to have you on the show, mate. Um, I wonder, could we maybe kick this off by uh, telling us, uh, telling our listeners a little bit more about about the company and, and what you do there? Just uh, fill us in. Sure, sure. So you're, I'm coming to you guys this morning from our brand new sales and marketing locker room. So it's an actual live setting. Uh, I've got guys coming and going. Uh, each have a desk, have a locker set up, and we kind of use this as our team environment and uh, set up the, the backdrop here behind my desk. Uh, sit stand desk um, to to do just this thing and and get more involved and more engaged with people all over the globe to kind of have these conversations and, and bring to light kind of what we're seeing. So PF Markey is a professional CNC tooling management and application firm. So we do everything from uh, sell the actual cutting tools, but more more importantly lately collecting and analyzing the data behind those uh, for our customers. So we'll manage the entire supply chain side of it. But then we also really heavily focus on the data and the analytics to help drive the metrics of the business or our customer's business in the machining environment. So we have an outside sales organization. We have a marketing organization um, and we cover, you know, a good portion of the Midwest. um, But we're heavily engaged at the manufacturing process level with each customer that that we work with. We want to be part of the manufacturing process with those people. But again, we're in the sales and service industry. So that is our main focus when we go to work every day. Very cool. And tell us a bit about yourself as well. So I have a, a storied background. Um, 
I had about a 15 year career with 3M, kind of on the sales and distribution management side. I uh, worked and managed key accounts, territories, and then at the end, our channel partners, our distribution partners. Uh, left that organization in 2019, um, 2018, went to work for a startup manufacturer who had a, a whiz bang product, right? We all have a, a customer from time to time where we're like, wow, that's a really good idea. And I just had one uh, convince me that it was worth uh, jumping ship and, and trying to help grow the, the rocket and uh, or build the rocket. And it was, it was a truly tremendous opportunity. We, we had a lot of fun. It was a company called Swift Wall and they made a temporary wall panel for construction sites, primarily the airport transportation industry where constantly have tenants changing. So we, we built that from the ground up, uh, had a lot of success there. COVID was uh, obviously very disruptive to that. We lost some people, but from there I left, um, always been good friends with the owner here at PF Markey. Uh, their organization was growing and expanding uh, and they were looking to branch out and build more of a sales um, digital online organization and just add that layer of management and leadership to their sales and marketing organization. It's always been a very mom and pop, although large distributor, uh, looking to really expand that side of the business. So that's that's how I got engaged over here uh, almost a year and a half ago now. So, yeah. Man, you've got me confused because I'm thinking about, you just mentioned the, kind of the, bringing a more uh, digital presence to the uh, to, to, to PF Market, et cetera. And you mentioned about what the firm is, is doing in terms of the, the data analytics and whatnot. It all seems very digital forward, shall yeah. we say. And, and frankly, I got that impression when I go to the website as well, uh, customer videos, et cetera, uh, being brought to the fore there. Um, but I thought you and I were going to be talking about how this was all about just meeting face to face and get, getting rid of the computer. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the interesting part in today's world, right, is you, your first impression, your first introduction is digital. 90% of the time nowadays, our new customers want to meet us digitally, learn about us, get to know us, uh, in some cases, trust us before they actually talk to us. You know, we have a bunch of initiatives to help that occur authentically and, and you know as genuine as possible but uh that is all in an effort to get to that face-to-face -face, which i think everyone's craving um but is hesitant to to accept that you know first time meeting or that uh knock at the door if you will to let somebody in uh if you don't have that digital awareness or that digital presence that people recognize and are familiar with and, you know platforms like this where they've gotten to know you a little bit i think it's it's really hard Yet they, 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 on the flip side, want that real person to answer the phone. So it's a, it's a, it's an interesting balance. That's to, to say, to say the least. Do you think that's how? How have you seen? I mean, this is the silly question that we have to get out of the way before we get into the good ones. But how have you seen that evolve since the start of the pandemic to now? Oh, I think it, it, it bridged the generation gap, right? Where you might have had some resistance to it, we now have everyone forced into it. Um, so I think you had the younger generations really adopting that early in their relationship building just amongst their peers um, and building those relationships and communication, uh, talents, uh, skills, more or less digitally. Uh, you, you forced everyone in the chain of the company up to learn how to do that. Uh, so everyone up to the owner now is, is, is engaging digitally. So I think COVID unfortunately helped that happen much faster. Um, but it also gave everyone access to everyone a little bit more. 
you know, I think we're all now on the LinkedIn side, getting a little bit tired of the sales pitch via the private message. Right. But right after the immediate one that lands the second you hit accept. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That was awfully quick. But the, the reality was right after the pandemic, right? Right. I guess in the pandemic, you could message somebody on LinkedIn and that was a unique way to communicate and somebody would respond. I had a number of meetings that I set up when I first got to be a PF Markey 18 months ago. That was a preferred method. Now I get no response. And that, frankly, I don't respond to anyone unless I really know them either via LinkedIn message. It's, it's, it's crazy to see how fast it's evolving and what channels people are using to communicate. So, but, but you are thinking through the, thinking it through the lens of they need to meet us digitally first, you said. And, and of course that meeting is, is still going to be happening. One assumes LinkedIn, Twitter or whatever platform you choose. Uh, and then, and, and, you know, eventually you're going to tr be trying to make that transition to, to in-person. I appreciate uh, that you don't want to be just uh, sending the first yeah. message to say, hey, why don't we have a meeting and talk? But <laughs> I guess, uh, so uh, I, I'm trying to get a sense of how how disciplined and widespread this approach is in the organization. Like, do you have a an initiative underway that says, this is how people are to meet PF Market digitally. This is how they're to... to to meet us and knowing that eventually it's getting to an in-person. Can you take me through the anatomy of that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question. You know, we haven't formalized it um, on a sales side. And that's that's not 100% accurate. I don't have the account managers with a, with a plethora of digital resources in which they use for outreach or use for building awareness per se. What we've done at PF Markey is try to build the content library online as best we can in the short term that I've been here of our customers who, who are telling the story about us, our leadership telling the story about who we are, uh, talking about our process, allowing people, uh, giving people a channel to do their own research. On a more formalized process, what we also did is we launched uh, <clears throat> kind of a marketing campaign around a digital video brochure. So it's, it's basically, I'll grab one basically a, a folder, right? And uh, without giving away all the good juice, you open it up and a video automatically starts playing. We record these independently and privately to each one of our, I would say, key pursuits. The guys that we really are trying to build that relationship with. And that comes right from our CEO. It's a, it's a custom message to the person we're trying to reach. And it's usually based on a reference we've already received or on some information we already knew going in. It's not 100% cold, but it's not hot. It's kind of that warm lead. We intentionally do that from a leadership level to build that bridge. Once the bridge is built, then we bring in the account manager. But, you know, we're trying to encourage, you know, people use their LinkedIn and, and their social platforms. We're trying to encourage, uh, you know, reaching out via those platforms. But I'm not enforcing it. I'm not saying, hey, this is the process you should use. We're still in an industry in manufacturing where, you know, that's new. We're on the front edge of that. And it's not necessarily that effective. The reference is still the best way uh, to have somebody call somebody else and then to follow up on that call. But what we're seeing like at IMTS this year and at the IBC conference last year and some of these other, or ISA, excuse me, conference last year, is people have seen us now. They know us, they know our name, they know our logo, they know the logo, um, they recognize that stuff. So that's the small bridge that hopefully the digital presence is building to help that introduction happened in person, you know, 
or at least mean something in person. I like the idea of um, of driving that initial connect almost as high as you can in the organization. Yeah. Uh, of course, you have that. Uh, you know, maybe some would say you have that um, ability given the size of PF Markey versus some other companies may find that a little bit more difficult to scale. But at the same time, eh, I don't know. Maybe that's just an excuse too. Should I should be shooting for it. Well, I like how it. Um, you know, it, it cuts through a bit of the noise, doesn't it? And it, and it shows that the that that the the prospects uh, business and attention is actually important to the organization. It's got to go a long way. It does, and and the target customer really is that on the flip side as well. Uh, you know, God love the big three here in Michigan. They drive a lot of business to the state, and they employ a lot of people. That strategy, that method of communication, isn't going to work. It's not going to do anything anywhere. That's that's just like somebody going out and cold calling and knocking on a door they've never been up to. You know, we're really trying to connect with those that are doing the same thing we're doing, just in different shoes. You know, they're small to medium, sometimes large, privately owned companies where we can get right to the person who owns it, the person who's in charge of operation decisions that's trying to you know move the numbers themselves. And that's really where we're having the most success. It's that where we know we're going to get face to face value from those relationships. Um, Cause you gotta have that. You always will have to have that. The flip side is the data side. How do we measure that impact of that relationship? What we're doing for those people. But we have to be able to show that data to somebody who's gonna care. You know, we, we can move the profit line, but it's somebody in the purchasing side or someone that doesn't have a whole lot of concern for the bottom line, we, we lose that connection. Usually we wanna have the entire team on the customer side that we can have involved that makes the decisions happen so it works pretty <laughs> darn well yeah yeah i'm trying to just um i'm trying to kind of understand what you do and what you don't do i like so you, you know you, we just mentioned about the, the linkedin kind of uh cold call uh, sales in mail uh that's on the list of don't do's i guess what, what other stuff do you see happening in the space where that that seem to be running running counter to this notion of more personal and in person service that you are trying to deliver, like I'm trying to think of like the like chatbots as an example, mm. you know, increasingly ubiquitous. Uh, man, you I, I mean AI isn't necessarily well, intelligent. Well, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, Live chat, you know, lots of track record of success with that, right? And it's a way of delivering on this exact kind of same message digitally, largely. So, yes, yeah, give me the do's and don'ts. What, uh, what are some stuff you see out there? You're like, we will never do that as long as I'm in this role. Right. Yeah, gosh. Well, and that changes day to day. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's try that. And then I'm like, ooh, that did not work at all. So here's a prime example. Zendex, Zendesk software great customer service platform software. It's a, it's the infamous ticketing system, right? It, it, you send your email to a generic email address and anyone on our customer service team can grab it from our side. That's man. That's awesome. We have a small team of customer service. We want them to be highly responsive. We want them to be on top of everything that's happening. No matter who calls in and we pick up the phone, we can see what's going on with that customer. However, on the customer side, they're like, I just want to work with Noel. I don't want to send my email to inside sales and get an automated generated response that says someone has your issue. Here's your ticket number. We'll be back in touch soon. Very impersonal, very 
insecure feeling on the customer side, somewhat confusing. Well, is it happening or isn't it happening? And when can I expect a response? Uh, so I kind of see there being a lot of these, like the chat box, a lot of these double-edged swords. You want to be as highly customer focused and customer service oriented as you can. And there's a lot of tools and resources out there, but are they really what your customer deems as customer service? I used one over the weekend, the chat box. And I realized that I was very quickly, very quickly realized I was talking to a computer. I wasn't going to get the answers that I needed. So now I have a bad taste in my mouth for the chat box. And so when I see that the next time, I'm not real excited about using it. So do I want to put one on my website? I do, because I do think that a lot of the market expects to have these different avenues to communicate with you. And if you don't have one, it's like, how come they don't have one of those chat box? I don't want to write an email. I don't want to make a phone call. I just want to text with you. And it's, it's got to be, I think, a little bit of a marriage between all of them. And you have to be able to hit zero quick where you do have those systems and those processes. So I would, to answer your question, I'd say, I wanna always be default human answering the phone, human making the call back, human writing the email, human handling the issue and having the customer know who that human is. So yes, send your email to inside, that, inside sales at customer service. However, Noel got the ticket. Noel's phone number is this. If you need anything, please call Noel and actually have Noel make some sort of customer, customized response. I don't know, it's balance to get back to that person, right? Without giving too many steps to either side in an interaction. Because everybody wants it to be fast and quick and easy, but personal, which is... Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. Well, that's the promise, right? Like, it's the promise of marketing automation. It's the promise of service automation. It's the promise of chatbots and everything else. I, I think the, the key there with most of that technology is to not kind of play hide the weenie and pretend that it's a real person until somebody figures out that they're talking to a bot, you know, and, and simply say like, you're, you're talking to the PF marketing, marquee customer success bot, you know, like this isn't going to be like talking to a person, but we'll get you to one as soon as possible. You know, so, I don't know. Yeah. I like that notion of being able to hit zero. <laughs> okay, yeah. notion, like, I mean, every, we all know what that means. Well, those of us who have actually been on a telephone, um, <laughs> Uh, but which is getting to be, it's getting to be yeah, um, yeah the rest of them want to talk to chatbots so if you know what zero means well, the, where it will take you you, know, you say that in jest but but honestly uh part of uh, i think a way a lot of people would look at this would yeah. be to say it's a bit generational mm -hmm. i think that's a bit of the easy way out though oh yeah um you know there are probably just as many you know, 57-year-olds that like the, uh, at least I have a throat to choke now, I have a ticket, and I can tell them how long they've screwed up. Um, that'll be really helpful for me. Uh, there's, you know, those, those people exist, and they and they exist when they're 23, too. So I, don't, I wonder, like, it's not generational, it isn't just the only um, 
differentiator. Yeah. So I like the notion of, okay, build out these services, allow people to hit zero quickly in whatever kind of context that, that makes sense. In that, uh, and, you know, th that makes sense to me. And then it, conversely, it also makes sense to me to have something on the site that says, we don't have any damn chat bot. We don't, <laughs> uh, you know, we don't we'll talk to a real person, but yeah. it might take a little longer. Or, or yeah, somehow or makes, it turns that into an advantage, right? Um, like one, one of being almost obsessively and unapologetically in person. Could be an interesting strategy if people actually called it out rather than just allowing people to hit zero. Yeah, but now we're strategizing in the room, and we should never do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I, I agree. I, I can see both sides of the matter. Um, we deal with a lot of people, a lot of companies, and it's easy to drop a ball. I mean, some of these implementations that we do with the cutting tools, we have thousands and thousands of UPC codes, and you know, one one customer order can be fifty lines. You know, there's got to be a way to track that information. Got to have that information in a system where we knew when it came in, we knew what was being done with it, and we know where it is now. It cannot be a post-it note patent. But I think you can provide the opportunity to anyone to speak to a person in your organization and, and make that channel very apparent that it's a real person situation. Hey, they might be out to lunch. They might be on vacation. You might get an automated reply to their email if they're not here, but somebody's going to get to your information if maybe you go down this route or if you take this method. Um, but your person cares about you. We we care about you, but they're they're a real person and we're real people running the business. So if you don't want to use the automated system, maybe there's a there's a way to do that and do both. Yeah, I mean it it certainly speaks. We were chatting just a bit before we, we started recording here about your experience at IMTS a few weeks back and just the the different strategies that different manufacturers were taking to being back in person, you know, whether that was uh, how yeah, you folks some were opting out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's right. Choice. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, what did you see there? I mean... Um... So I have to, yeah, I'll, I'd love to expand on that because I have to kind of... Um, put this out there. This was my first IMTS. So I haven't been there prior. Um, it was not something ever that uh, I, I thought I needed to be at. And I'm really glad I went to this one. Um, and for those who weren't there, I didn't notice. Um, and I think that's, that's a, that's a problem. Um, if you are a major player in the market or even a small player in the market, and this is the largest, you know, manufacturing show on this side of the hemisphere, uh, in this hemisphere, I don't think not being there was a good decision because it really, I think more than selling products brings an energy to what you're doing and is an investment on your part to the industry. It's sending a message ultimately, um, all the way from the guys who have matching tennis shoes, jerseys, and serving beer to their customers, you know, and manning a booth with 20 people, uh, to the guy who's just barely able to afford a, a, a six foot table in the back, right? It's, it's sending a message who's, who's investing, who's moving the needle, who's trying to move the needle. And then again, the opportunity to meet people in person. Um, I talked to a lot of manufacturers. We have 2000 lines. I've narrowed that down to a core of like 15. Um, and I, I meet a lot of them regularly 
that are from this area, but I don't meet the guys that are on the email chains, you know, that are higher up in the organizations. And I don't see every product that they talk about. And I don't see the breadth and depth of their capabilities until you go to a show like that, you know, and you dedicate time out to focus on that. And so it was, it was interesting. I was, I, I honestly understand how uh, complex and expensive or a large of an investment it is for these people. But on the other side, I don't see how you don't do that. I mean, I think that's going to be whether the shift is in the future. You're going to see, I think, more of that happen because I think that's where we're getting the time and attention back. People, I think, are losing that sustainability of the relationship when it's not in person. Where the more times you meet somebody in person, the better and stronger your relationship is, the more sustainable and longer lasting it becomes. That is still true to this day. And I think you're going to start to see a shift back to that. And I think COVID was just obviously the other end of that spectrum. You know, it's easier to break up if you haven't seen somebody in a long time. <laughs> I think this is a, uh, it is really interesting to think about this notion of, you know, is the, because we, we, you know, everybody thinks about it kind of heading in one direction, right? Um, more and more digital over time. Um, but kind of what CJ's telling us here is that that is driving a fragmentation of both attention and interest mm -hmm. um, in engaging digitally that it's almost causing a kickback to engaging personally and that will never go away because we're, we're humans. humans and <laughs> we have no choice. Yeah. yeah. As you know, not to go too far down the road of Mark Burroughs and the book Herd, but we're super social apes who do what we do because of each other. And we're going to continue to want to do that in person. Um, that's interesting to think about, CJ. I think there's a fulfillment in what you do day to day. Obviously, we all spend the majority of our time, uh, those of us who have to, have to <laughs> working with uh, our profession and the people around us. And if that if those relationships aren't, aren't deep and authentic, I mean, very quickly lose interest and I think enjoyment, right? People want to you know, be excited about what they're doing. And I think a lot of that just comes from the interpersonal relationships, whether or not that's a professional issue or personal matter. You know, when I know something about the guy that I work with and what his family's up to, whether it be camping or sports or his, his love for power boats, whatever it is, right? It adds that layer. And that layer adds, I think, a, a, a texture, a strength to the relationship that, you know, goes beyond. It's it's the age-old, you know, uh, saying, you know, small gifts build relationships or create relationships, large gifts cement them. You know, it's this idea that, you know, being with these people and knowing more about them than maybe I could learn digitally just because they share personally gives me a, a confidence and a security I can't get online. And therefore I know the relationship's stronger, it's gonna last longer. So if I didn't get to meet you at IMTS, you're toast, you know. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it's funny though, because, it, you know, as uh, someone who's worked a lot in the tech industry and things like that, like, yeah, but how does it scale? <laughs> yeah. oh wait you just add more people and with each of those you get more accounts yeah yeah better service to... yeah but it doesn't it's not it, infinite it, it does come with some complexity it's fair to say yeah 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 and where are the people right that's the problem <laughs> yeah this model works wonderful if i can find people 
Hmm. Well, that's a very, very interesting point in this day and age in this kind of labor market. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we need to hit delete on this episode. This whole in-person <laughs> thing's going, uh, going, going, going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. we're screwed. <laughs> There's no one to put in those positions. Yeah, it's it's going to be, I think, an uphill battle. You know, and Elon Musk talks about the population deterioration over time in sure volume. You know, and that becoming an issue. You know, and my hope is, is that it's just evolution at this point where we do have this population of people working remotely and kind of a gig style economy. Um, but that that when given the opportunity, like at an IMTS show or just even the local, you know, coffee shops that seem to be popping up everywhere that people can get together to build those relationships. You know, hopefully it's just an evolution and not truly the, the opposite, which is all digital. You know, I, I, and I don't think it is because it's interesting when you look, um, you know, if we do go down the road of generational analysis here a little bit, we'll see that, you know, younger generations are not doing, um, not living a life that is exclusively digital as much as people like to suggest that they are. And in fact, they're, um, you know, showing a greater interest in uh, in person connectivity with friends, et cetera, and deepening those relationships in a, in, in kind of almost uh, kind of ways that seem almost old school by mm. comparison, I think. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's a, I think there's a there there. I don't think we're going down a road of having a bunch of folks that work remotely and never actually want to see folks in person. It's just that they don't necessarily maybe want to work with people every day in mm. person or see the utility of it. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, there's definitely a, um, a, a giant efficiency um, movement that we're going through i was i was home last week COVID again right but i got as much done and did as much in a couple days at home that i would do at the office but i was also able to tackle a few other things that have been nagging me for a long time and it was super helpful to the family life our home life and it was in between two calls so i i do agree i think that there's you know, the COVID productivity bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally was. Because I didn't feel that bad, right? Because I've had it who knows how many times. This was technically the second. But, you know, I uh, there, I work on the road a lot. And I work in the office a ton. You know, and that being able to work from wherever now with the capability that we have. I mean, it's, I, I do believe that's going to be, a, we're going to be a more productive society. And a more well-balanced mental society. Hmm. No question about that. Well, look, um, let's, uh, wrapping this up, I'm just curious if you're kind of looking into your crystal ball three to five years from now, what do you think the um, biggest challenges that you need to solve for if we're looking out that far? What's the, where, where's this all going? That's a great question. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's attracting and keeping talent and maintaining a successful organization you know i think i think for for us in the sales and service industry it's 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 hard work i mean you have to put in a lot of hours you have to be on the road a lot you have to be behind the phone or at your desk a lot uh, and it's probably not the most glamorous of, of jobs you know i think you can get really into it i think you can get passionate about it we have a young guy who just turned 30 who's been in it for five years but it took him all of four years, three and a half years to become 
a strong value add partner to his customers. It took him a long time to learn that business. And there's always going to be that need of somebody who's technically sound in our industry, regardless of the product, regardless of the operation. And somebody's going to have to invest in that person for a while. And that person's going to have to stick it out for a while. So I think it's, it's attracting and retaining and training good people to do what I think possibly was more expected and or seen as the norm before where now the options and opportunities and awareness, like I was telling my son just yesterday, I mean, we watch YouTube, we watch Instagram, we watch Netflix. I mean, the availability of what's possible via information is everywhere. My son sees more things that he wants to do when he grows up than I probably ever saw or knew about or could do. And so somebody who's going into, you know, sales to sell drill bits, watches the wrong YouTube video, I'm going to lose them. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really more passionate about, you know, engineering uh, mountain bike frames like my son wants to do. You know, I don't want to sell drill bits. Your son and Jeff need to talk. Yep. No, yeah. we're... <laughs> We've had this conversation. And, uh, and, that's, and that's, I think, the, the hard part. is There's a lot of jobs out there that aren't as flashy and fun and as exciting um, or pay as much. I mean, we can only afford to pay so much. And I think we, we do a pretty good job at it. But uh, it's going to be keeping those people around to mm. keep them involved. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I would find it very hard to disagree with any of that. I yeah. think it's going to, uh, uh, if it's been a challenge in the last two years, just wait. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> Words of encouragement. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to kick this uh, subject around with you, Nate. It, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Likewise, guys, it's been a pleasure of mine. It's 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 cool, and I enjoy following you guys. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, keep it up. Thanks for listening to the Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com/slash/thecoolerring. That's k-u-l-a partners.com/slash/thecoolerring.